Welcome to the Abundant Grace Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Lewis, and I am so glad you're here. My hope is that each episode feels like you're having tea or coffee with a friend. Religiosity can complicate our relationship with God, and it can feel more like a heavy burden than the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. I know what it's like to want a relationship with God and to feel like you have to do all the things the right way to keep God happy. Learning that God loves me and even likes me has changed my life and how I approach faith, the Bible, work, family. Because when you are grounded in your worth and God's grace, it does change everything. And I want to share that with you here. I pray that this podcast empowers you in your unique, genuinely personal relationship with God and encourages you to rest in who God is and who he says you are. Hi there, friend. Welcome to this week's episode of the Abundant Grace Podcast. I'm so glad you're here, especially for this episode, because this is pivotal. I think this is such an important topic around rest and learning to receive the good gifts that God wants to give us and to operate in the world the way that he ordained it um, to function uh, because he knows how the world works best, right? So I want to talk about rest and worthiness and how you are absolutely worthy of rest. Like you deserve to rest. And that word deserve can be kind of tricky to me. Like it brings up all kinds of emotions. Like you mean I'm entitled to rest because entitlement, it sounds like a bad thing, but if we use a different word, maybe it's your birthright and because God designed you for work and rest, you know, work wasn't part of the curse work existed before um, the fall. And so did an entire day of rest in the week that we just don't take advantage of. Um, back in 2018, and I talked about this before. So if you're a long time listener, you've probably heard this story, but in 2018, I asked God for the first time, what word do you want me to have for the upcoming year? And this was like in the late fall, um, that I was asking for the next year. And he gave me the words, be still. And I thought, okay, I'm going to learn some stillness and being, and I had the really funny notion that that meant that the next year was just going to be kind of chill. And it was not that year just was an incredible rocked our world kind of a year. (laughs) Um, that was holy cow. Like, yeah, that was just such a big year, which is hilarious because what God wanted to teach me was stillness in chaos, stillness in a lot going on and not that, oh, here, I'm going to, I'm going to gift wrap you and easy chill, like kind of a year. And that wasn't 
what it was. He wanted to teach me to be still no matter what was going on around me and to carve out time. So that's the first time that God really started working in my heart that I needed to rest more from doing. Um, Some of the reasons that we don't feel like we deserve rest are that we don't think we've done enough. Like, oh, I just have to do this much and then I'll deserve to rest. Or we feel like we have to finish the project that we're working on in order to rest. Um, So we feel like, oh, I just have to get this done in order to rest. Or um, maybe we think that we have to do something specific in order to deserve to rest. Like we have to attain a goal or we have to um, finish a certain thing on our to-do list or whatever before we're allowed to rest. Like we have to get these things done. And then if there's space, if there's room, we will decide to rest. It could also be a belief that somehow we're making the world around us function and operate. And that's probably true. You're probably a very integral part of your family, of your community, and what you do matters. Your contribution is huge. And if you took a step back, someone might very well notice. But it's also erroneous for us to believe that the community would cease to be moving forward without us. And that might step on your toes. It steps on my toes because like, no, 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 this family would not function if I didn't do this. Like, doesn't anybody see how much work that I'm doing? Like we get this narrative in our head and it's almost like a martyr syndrome that we keep doing and doing and doing just because we have told ourselves that it's only us that's keeping this machine well-oiled or moving forward. And it's not true. I mean, if we let our hands off the reins, someone else might have to learn to pick up the slack, but somebody else who's probably been waiting. I talked about this on another episode this month, but somebody else is probably waiting to contribute or serve in a way that you have previously. And maybe you can let them take that, or you can um, get the pressure off of your, your shoulders and we can shoulder this um, burden um, together. You know, there's, there's like the joke of mom saying like, why doesn't anybody help me? And then the minute somebody helps you, you're like, no, not that way. Don't do it that way. And then we're like nitpicking. And that comes from a fear of being replaceable. So we might be working and working to try to prove that we aren't replaceable, that we are I don't know, somehow not just in control, we're, we're using control to show that we are indispensable and spoiler, you are indispensable just because of who you are, like your personality, your, um, your wit or your, um, I don't know, your energy, the way that you hold space for people, whatever, just you are enough. Um, for that meeting people's, I don't know, what's the right word? Just meeting people's companionship needs. You are not just what you're 
accomplishing. And that's the point. What you accomplish is maybe is your mission is what God has you doing and how he has you fulfilling your purpose right now. But that mission can change and shift. And in our life, we will go through seasons of rest or spaces where we need to step back and learn how to be still. And that doesn't mean that your year or your month is just going to be smooth sailing. And there's going to be all these pockets of time that just magically appear for you. We will probably have to be intentional about creating that margin and an intentional about saying no intentional about saying this is the time that I've blocked off for rest, whether it is a Sabbath and you start with like six hours or 12 hours or 24 hours, or it's a, I am going to drink my coffee or my tea this morning without doing something else at the same time. Oh, that can be so hard. Can't it? Like, Oh, I could be reading this book. I could be doing these dishes. I could be go chasing these kids, or I could be like name any kind of anything. The minute that you sit down, you're going to go, wait, I could be doing like, no, just be in the present moment. Try doing one thing at a time. That's a form of rest and it teaches us to be present in our lives rather than doing and producing and achieving constantly. And that brings me to the different ways that we want to be aware of rest and that's our physical rest. We talked about clearing space and making margin for our rest. But when we do that, can we quiet our mind and still our hearts? Because we're going to be having 15 thoughts. We have to-do lists. We have things next. And there could be um, like condemnation come into your mind like, oh, I'm so um, wrong to rest. I can't believe I chose um, to read sitting next to this pile of laundry that I quote unquote should be folding. Or these things can get in the way of us fully enjoying rest. Like we need not just physical rest, but that mental break, that mental rest where we're giving our mind space um, from the guilt space from the fear of what if I don't do this, who's going to do this? Or maybe I will be, I might be replaceable if I like stop doing all the things that I'm doing. Those fears and those guilts can keep us from enjoying the rest, even when we carve out time for it. So when I thought to do this podcast episode, what I really wanted to give you was worthiness. I want you to know that you're worthy of rest, to fight that mental clutter, to fight the schedule that is demanding your attention, that is saying, you know, kids drop off at nine, kids pick up at noon, kids like um, swim lessons at 5.30 and we gotta have dinner at 4.45 and just like this mental like running checklist 
and it, you have to battle that. You're going to have to say, okay, is this a season where busyness is just okay? Or do I need to stop because we're all headed for a little bit of burnout and some cranky attitudes <laughs> because we're all just a little tired? Um, which is funny because I apologized to my daughters Saturday night for being cranky. And my six-year-old goes, well, yeah, mom, I think she said, I forgive you. Um, I'm pretty sure she did. And then she goes, maybe, maybe you should take a nap every day. Like, well, you're probably right. That would help. And I can choose patience. I can ask Jesus to help me. Um, but she knows that I've taught her, Hey, if you're cranky, if you're feeling this way, maybe you're hungry, maybe you're tired. Um, so maybe we do need, um, some more margin or space, but those things are going to be demanding on your time. And then the mental games that either are the patterns that we are breaking, or maybe it is a spiritual attack and it's lies from the enemy, whatever it is, I want you to go, I am worthy of rest. I deserve to rest. I deserve to not feel like a chicken with my head cut off running this way and that way and never catching a breath. I deserve to live from a rested position. I deserve to not feel like I have to be doing all the things. I get to choose what works best for me and I get to choose what works best for my family. And when you're empowered with that um, permission, you don't need permission. But when you're empowered with your own worth, you won't succumb to those lies of the enemy. You will catch them. You will say, excuse me, I don't have to feel guilty about resting. I deserve to sit here and rest. And I want to give you an example really quick from the Bible about two brothers who I think exemplify people who were trying to earn something or prove that they like deserved something rather than just resting in the fact that they were created that way and they belonged. So therefore it was their birthright. And it's the story usually called or referred to as the prodigal son. And at the end of the prodigal son's mm, like romp out in the world with his money, all of his inheritance that he blows completely after he had demanded that his father divide the inheritance early, which was a huge disrespect to his father to say, um, I want you to divide the inheritance now. And so he does, he divides it between the two sons and the younger son goes and wastes it after he gets to the bottom, the bottom of the bottom of his funds and his, uh, partying. He says, what am I doing? Why am I here? My father has hired servants that are off, better off than I am right now, which was a really good realization. Like, man, being in the father's house actually was pretty good. And then he says, I'm just going to go to my father and say, I'm, I'm not worthy to be your son anymore. Just let me be one of the hired servants. And he is essentially like just going to earn his place back with the father. 
And it's good that he got to the bottom of himself because his lifestyle wasn't working the way that he thought it was going to work, right? It was fun for a season. There's pleasure in sin for a season, but it didn't last. And it wasn't bringing him lasting um, rest. It It had exhausted him and beat him up. And while he was at the bottom, he started to believe that he was worth less than he used to be. And he goes, I'm just going to tell my father that I'm not worthy to be his son anymore. And when he gets back, the father runs to him as if he's been waiting for the son to come home. And the younger son didn't even get through his speech before the father was saying, bring the best robe, put a ring on his finger, kill the fatted calf. We're having a party. My son has uh, returned home and he is so excited. And we would think, man, there there's, should be a lecture for him in here somewhere, right? But instead, he, we see that the father was just so excited to see him and welcome him back. And the older brother in the story comes in from the field where he's been working really hard. And it sounds like he's been working pretty consistently and faithfully since his brother left. And he is not happy. He is not thrilled to see this party going on for his younger brother who wasted his living. I imagine there's some disgruntledness from the older brother. And he's saying, I can't believe I have to do this all the time and this work because this attitude that he has towards his younger brother didn't come up out of nowhere. Um, Maybe this was the first time he voiced it, but it's been bubbling up inside of him. And that resentment can bubble up inside of us. And what's crazy is he, the, the father comes out of the party because the older brother won't go into the party. And he says to the, um, to his older son, like, you've been here this whole time and I would have given you anything because the older brother says, like, you didn't even give me a a goat or I don't remember what else he says, but you didn't give me anything to party with my friends. And here is your other son. And he kind of spits it out. Your other son comes back and you throw him a party after everything that he did. And what stands out to me when we're talking about worth and trying to prove or earn is the older brother had access to all of the same stuff that his younger brother was given when he came home. And maybe he was working so hard to keep things going, or maybe he was trying to prove that he wasn't like that younger brother of his, and he was missing out on living in the father's house. He was still living there and he had already been given in his inheritance for crying out loud. Like he'd already gotten the half. He, the, at the beginning of the story, it says that he, the father divided the um, inheritance between both of them. Like he's already been given all of this and he's still um, operating from a place of resentment and trying to prove something and absolutely missing what was already available to him. So what we can learn from these two brothers is that the younger son was 
convinced that he was not worthy. But the father said, no, you're my son. And the older brother was convinced that he was better than his other brother and completely missed everything that was available to him. So when we stand in who God says we are, when we stand in, oh, wow, God created me worthy. God, I am part of this family. And God, Jesus, died so that I could have access to this family. Like, I am no longer unworthy. When we operate in that place and see, I have been created for rest. I have been created for work and rest. It's literally one of the commandments, right? And if God commands it, we know that we are capable of doing it and we don't have to prove it. It's just how God has ordained the world to work. So Jesus paid and earned for you what you couldn't, what you don't have to. And because you've been created for rest, you're worthy to receive it and you deserve it. It is in your code. It's in your DNA to rest. So the next time you're looking at your schedule for your week and going, I don't think this pace is sustainable, um, cut something out. The next time you sit down with your tea in the morning and you maybe read a book or just ignore the text messages on your phone or whatever it is, you take that space for rest. Don't let the enemy tell you that you should be doing something different. Now, if God tells you to get up, it's time to move. Like that's a different story. But I think he's inviting a lot of us into rest and stillness so that we can um, operate from a more whole place and so that we can hear his voice more clearly. I hope this was a blessing to you. I really hope that it inspires you to rest. And if you want more on this topic of worthiness and overcoming the feeling that you have to prove yourself or prove your, your worth um, to God, I invite you to grab the Bible study for this month's um, theme because it is going to set you free in so many areas and let you examine what is in the way of you resting and help you rest in the fact that you do belong and that you are worthy and that you are loved. Grab that at AbundantGraceBibleStudies.com. And I can't wait to get it in your hands and I can't wait to see um, what shifts and what changes in your life because of it. I would love to hear from you if this episode helped you or encouraged you um, in any way that you deserve to rest, not because of anything that you've accomplished or done, but simply because you've been created to receive this good gift that God made for you because he made the world to operate in this way with work and rest. Okay. I'm done. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Thanks for being here, friend.
Thanks for listening to the Abundant Grace Podcast. If this episode was an encouragement to you, I would love to invite you to share it with a friend. And it would help me out so much if you would leave a review for the Abundant Grace Podcast. It makes a world of difference getting this podcast into the ears of other people so that they can be empowered and freed from religious do's and don'ts too. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on this week's episode. You can find me hanging out on Instagram at emily.abundantgrace, or you can send me an email at hello at emilyklewis.com. I'm praying for you and cheering you on in your faith and healing. Have a great rest of your day, and remember, there's nothing you can do that will make God love you more, and nothing you have done that makes God love you less.